Uh, we're going to pray before we start our day. And um, again, thank you guys for joining in. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. Our biblical principles for inner healing. How many of you know that our soul, it must be made? Oh, <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to sit down and we're going to sup and we're going to fellowship because we're getting ready to ask the question, what do the devil want with you? What does he want from you? <laughs> Do you know what the devil want from you? Get ready to talk about it. We're going to discuss it here one second, one minute, one moment. But you already know that we're going to pray first. Thank you guys for joining in on my podcast also because I'm live on my podcast. at Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys already know that, so let's be made. We have to change our way of thinking before we can change our way of living. So we're going to get together and pray. Father, we just thank you for being together here in the midst of us. For you said where two or three are joined together, there you are, Lord God. So we just thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for being together in the midst of us, Lord God. We ask, Father, that you open our ears to hear. Um, Give us a heart to, to receive. Um, Give us a mind to understand, Father God, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Give us a rhema word, Father. And I ask that you'll anoint my lips of clay so those that are listening will get a revelation of what you're saying. And Father God, we just give you the glory and the honor. You said there's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. Nothing is spoken in secret that shall not be shouted from the rooftop. So Father, we ask that you just uncover the strategies of the devil, that our enemy, would you tell us to be alert, be sober and alert, because he was going about seeking whom he may devour. And Father God, we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, thank you again for joining in. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with um, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Yes, 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 yes. So what is it? You know, I have to ask the question because you, you guys know that I, I just got to know. Um, What do the devil want from you? We're getting ready to dig in here. First, you know, the um, we're going to start with Ephesians 6 and 12. So if you have your Bibles, please go to Ephesians 6 and 12. Because we have to be able to understand the fight, first of all. Because we got to be able to know who he is and what he is. Well, you know what? Let's switch that to John 10 and 10. Let's start at the beginning and then we'll understand the end, Okay. So um, in John 10, 10, we know that the Holy, that Jesus was speaking and he was telling them, he said, um, the thief, uh, that he was the good shepherd. Let's start at nine. How about that? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But he said, it's the thief who come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Have um, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Okay, let's do it again. New King James Version, John 10, 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal. Okay, so what is it he wants to steal? John 10, 10. What is it that the thief, who is the devil, our adversary, what is it he wants to steal? He wants to steal our faith. He wants to steal the word of God. Because if he can steal the word of God, he steals the weapon, right? Because the word of God is described as being the sword of the spirit. Remember the sword of the spirit when he talks about putting on the whole armor, full armor of God. So the word of God is our the sword of the spirit. So I know you thought maybe he was coming to steal you, kill your marriage, kill your finances, kill this and that and that, right? But the truth of the matter is, if he can steal the word, he can kill your faith. And if he can kill your faith, he can destroy everything that you was ever hoping for. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. He will kill your hope. He will kill your hope. If he can steal the word, he can kill your hope and he can destroy your faith. Faith comes by hearing here by the word of God. So the devil wants to try to trick us out the truth, right? Um, that's what he did to Eve in Genesis, right? He told her, oh, did God really say that you would die? He want, He comes to steal the word of God because that's our weapon of warfare. Without a weapon, we are fighting a war defenseless. This is why he fights so hard to keep us out of the word of God because he knows that without the word of God, we can't have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Um, 
Um, we also need to spend time meditating on the Word of God. He said meditate to do because when we meditate on anything long enough, eventually we will do. Um, when we're meditating on the Word of God, we're eating it. It's like we're eating it, we're swallowing it, we're devouring it, right? Meditate, meditate, meditate. Meditate day and night. Meditate to do the word of God teaches us. So here, John 10, 10, this is his mode of operation. This is the devil's mode of operation. This is why he's coming. He's coming, Jesus tells us. He said, so he's coming to steal. He's coming to steal the word. He, he don't need your house. He don't need your car. He, he don't need, you know, he, he want to use your kids. Um, but he's coming to steal the word because if the devil can steal the word, he has everything else. Excuse me, how many of you know that the word of God is the power of God under salvation? This is what the Bible tells us, right? The word of God is the power of God. This is what every time we speak the word, we swing the sword. So my um, so here we understand his mode of operation. The only reason the devil want, what he, what does he want from you? <laughs> what does the devil want from you? What does he want from us? He wants to steal the word so he can still kill our faith and he can destroy our hope. John 10, 10. Okay, so now that we know his mode of operation, so if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, we automatically know that's not our father at work, right? Because God, Jesus said that he was the good shepherd and he comes that we might have life and life more abundantly. He's telling us the two uh, the two characters in the fight. He comes for life. It's the thief that comes, steals, kill, and destroy. So now we got that situated and straight. We're not going to be caught. Uh, we're not going to be accusing God or blaming God for anything that's stealing, killing, that's stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus said it in that order. He said, He come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, I want you to know that's the work of our adversary. That's the work of the devil. That's the work of the thief. Okay. So we want to come together today to uncover his strategy, because how many of you know, in order to be effective in any kind of fight, (laughs) you got to know the strategies of the enemy. And that's why they send in spies. You know, even when before Jesus just sent the children of Israel into the land of Canaan, he, he sent them spies. He told Moses to send in spies. So he sent in 12 spies, right, to spy out the land. Um, we need to know where this is, what that is, what's in there, right? So we can get our strategy together. The devil has a strategy. So his, his, his plan is to steal the word. So how does he want to steal the word? He wants to steal the word. Um, remember, you guys, the parable of the sower. That's my favorite. Um, that's just one of them. Because the parable of the sower really is talking about um, the word. Jesus goes on later to explain that the word of God is the seed that's sown um, into, into us. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil, right? So if the devil can steal the word, how does he try to steal the word? Through the cares of the world, through the deceitfulness of riches, um, through distractions. He wants to take our eyes off of what the word of God says, right? So he's coming. Matthew 13, um, 1 through 9 and 18 through 27. That's the parable of the sword. And here he talks about um, how the devil comes to steal the word through the cares of the world, right? And through the deceitfulness of riches. So now we see how we're going into some details. We're going into how he steals the word. Okay, let's see. Um, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. This is what he's coming to do. This is his strategy. This is the attack of the enemy. It says, a man went out to sow grain. Some seeds fell on the path and the birds ate it. Some seeds fell on the rocky ground where they were where there was just a little bit of soil and the seeds soon sprouted. But when the sun came up, it burnt the young plants. This is not the translation I'm looking for. Hold on one minute. Matthews 13. If you got a minute, you guys uh, make sure that you go back and um, follow up on these Bible verses and read them for yourself. Okay. Matthews 13. Um, I like to use the Bible up. 
Hold on one second. Matthew's 13 Bible. Um, I like the different translations that they have. Okay, let's see what we have here. Matthew's 13. I want to read the um, the New King James Version. Matthew's 13. Where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Matthew's 13 and 18. Give me one moment. Um, I want to start at 18. It says, therefore, hear the parable of the sword. This is how the devil is telling the word. This is his tactic. We need to understand the strategy of the enemy, right? Um, so Matthew's 13, I mean, Matthew's 13 and 18. Okay. Let me put these on so I can make sure I get the word for word. Okay. It says, therefore, hear the parable of the sword. Okay, this is Jesus telling the story. He said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. So this is a wayside heart. Okay, so how does the devil come? He says, when we don't understand the word, that's one way that the devil is able to steal the word. So the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing, right? But he also goes on to say, but listen here, in all you're getting, you need to get some understanding. This is why we need to have some understanding of what we heard, of what we read. Um, it's not enough to know the word. We have to be able to understand the word. How many of you know that we cannot act on something that we do not understand? So when we read the word, ask the Holy Spirit, say, help me to understand the word. I need to see it. I need to see what you see. I want to know what you know. I want to I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. Um, so I'm asking you to give me wisdom. Give me understanding of what it was I just read or what it was he just said or whatever it is. But because without understanding, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes to snatch away what was sown in his heart. So that's one way he gets it when we can't understand. You can't have faith for something we don't understand, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I can hear the word and not if I don't understand it, faith is not going to be able to come. Or I can know the word. Do you know you can know the word and not believe the word? Yeah, we can know the word and not believe the word. We must believe it in our heart. Here he says, and then when he, and, and he says again, let's read it again, 13, 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sword, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatch away what was sown in his heart. Then he who, re this is, uh, he snatched it from where? Where did he take it from? From the heart. Why? Because the heart is where the word is sown. Remember, it's with our mouth confession is made, but it's with our heart we believe, Romans 10, 9, and 10, right? It's with our mouth that we confess Jesus is Lord, but it's with our heart that we believe unto salvation. The heart has to get down off into the heart. It's not enough to have uh, head knowledge. Knowledge puff up, okay? But love builds up. We have to get the word of God down off on the inside of us because when it becomes a part in, when it gets into our heart that's when we will begin to act on it okay inside the abundance of a man's heart that his mouth speaks so as we begin to get the word of God off on the inside of us we'll begin to um talk the word and we'll begin to live the word because it's with the heart that we believe and how many of you know that we act on what we believe um let's 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 take a look at this Okay, verse 20 says, but he who received the seed on stony places, these are the different types of hearts, okay? So the first kind of heart um, uh, it was the wayside heart, okay? What's the condition of your heart? This is why I say stuff like the condition of our heart determines how we receive the word of God, okay? So the wayside heart is a heart that don't understand. They heard the word, but they, didn't under they don't understand the word. And because they did not understand it, the devil was able to come and steal it. So it's very important to get understanding. Um, Matthew 13 and 20 says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is a stony kind of heart. This is a stony heart. Okay. 
Um, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. You know, the ones that shout and shout all around the church. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's a wonderful thing. We need to dance before the Lord. David danced till he came out of his clothes. I'm not saying anything with that. But this is this is who he's describing. He says, but he hears the word and immediately he receives it. He, I mean, instantly he's like, Lord, your word is my truth. It's my command. I'm telling you, that's how I feel about it. I mean, if I read it, I believe it. That's just what it is. Believers believe. It's so important that we believe the word of God in our heart, not in our head. We have to, because even demons believe in tremble, right? They believe in God. Um, but we have to believe not just that God exists, but we have to also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to believe in our heart, okay? So he said, but he received the word, the seed on stony ground. This is a stony heart. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Verse 21, Matthew 13, 21. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulations or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now here we see the first way he steals the word is because we don't understand it. Now the second verse, um, the way he steals the word from verse 21, it says tribulations, when trouble come or persecution come, people start talking about you, people start lying on you, uh, things around you. The crisis of life begin to hit our life and um, tribulations or persecution arise. Why? why? You're being talked about because of your faith. It says here because of the word. When trouble or persecution arises because of the word. How many of you know that those who choose to live for Christ, you're going to be persecuted for living the uh, righteous kind of life. Jesus tells us those who choose to live for Christ shall be persecuted. As, as he was, so are we in this world. So when you choose to take a stand, you know, for, for, for the word of God, um, you're going to be talked about. Because the same devil that talked about Jesus is still here. How many of you know that devils don't die? That the devil that persecuted Christ, he's still here. They're still here roaming the earth. A third of the angels were thrown out, cast out of heaven into the earth. We're going to go into that in a minute too in Revelation. Okay, to know, yeah, that the devil is real. And how many of you know the same way we believe God is real? You better believe that the devil is real. Because if you don't believe that the devil is real, he got you already. And he likes that because then he can operate in our lives unhindered, undealt with. You know, uh, Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, right? So he's given us his authority to deal with this demon. But if you're just thinking, oh, that's my husband acting ugly, that's my kids acting ugly. If you don't take authority over it, he will be able to rule and reign in your life undetected. Okay, so understanding, when we don't have understanding of what we read or heard, the devil's able to steal the word. When tribulations or persecution comes because of the word. So everything that you hear, everything that you study, everything that you read, you're going to be tested on it. Isn't that the purpose of learning stuff? (laughs) We understand that when we're in high school and uh, um, after we finish learning whatever it is that we're learning, that we're going to be tested on what we know. So the devil is coming to test us. He's coming to steal the word of God. Fix my glasses. He's coming to steal the word of God from our heart. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. He's coming for this word. He's coming to steal this word because he does not want you to be. A, so he's coming to try to cause you not to understand. He's going to, he's going to come. He's going to either try to come steal it through a lack of an understanding. So that's why we pray and ask God to take the blinders off our heart and our mind so we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Or he'll try to steal it through tribulations or persecution. Um, and he's coming. Listen to this. It's because of the word. So we don't have to be all prideful. Oh, the devil knows who this and no. The Bible says he's coming. The reason uh, tribulations or persecution is going to arise is because of the word. The devil is coming to steal our faith. This is why the Bible tells us, it teaches us to fight the good fight of faith. I remember I read that. And I'm like, Lord, what's good about a fight? Uh, for one, it's a fixed fight. The devil is already defeated. And Jesus, yep, he still is Lord. And we are uh, more than conquerors because Christ has already conquered everything that we're going through. So what we have to do is 
because life really does come with a manual. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Um, so um, when we're going through life, going, we're living life in the crisis, um, the tribulations, the crisis, uh, the persecution is coming. Um, we just know instantly that because God is for us, nothing and no one can stand against us. Fear not, fear not, fear not, chill out, fear not. Okay, God is with us. God is not just with us, but as born again believers, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. Okay, can you can you grasp that? That, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I remember when the Lord gave me revelation of that, um, that God is not just with me. He's not just for me, but the Holy Spirit, your body is the temple. In him, we live, move, and have our being because of him. It wasn't until he breathed his Zoe life into man that he became a living being. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Can we get that? That when when we're born again, like Jesus told Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. When the spirit of the living God comes to live on the inside of us and he takes up residence, our body becomes now the temple. We no longer have to worship him inside of a temple, but our body is the temple. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you're not your own. We've been brought with the price, the the precious blood of Jesus. He had to redeem us. He had to redeem us by dying for us, Lord Jesus, and shedding his blood on that cross. His blood is on the mercy seat. And the Bible tells us that he's now sitting at the right hand side of the father, making intercessions for us. Right. He is now our high priest. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He feels what you feel. He's concerned about what concerns you. He knows what it feels like to be weak. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. No, he's never done these things, but he was tempted by these things. Those are the three temptations of Christ. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Read the, uh, um, I think it's Matthews 18, or about when Jesus went into the uh, wilderness and he was tempted. We're going to see that the first temptation was the lust of the flesh. He was hungry. The second temptation was the lust of the eyes. The devil took him up on a high place and say, look down. If you're, if you're, um, if you're about down to me, I'll give you I'll give you all these things, right? Knowing that he doesn't have anything, right? Um, but Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, um, so that was the lust of the eyes and the and the pride of life is when he took him up. He said, look here, cast yourselves among the stones and the angels, they will uphold you. Um, and, and that was the pride of life because pride is always trying to get us to prove ourselves. I'm going to prove to them. I'm going to, and it, he tests your identity. That's why it's so good that we know who we are in Christ. Um, because when we don't know who we are in Christ, he can trick us into things, trying to be prideful. I'm going to show them. You know, they said I can't, but I'm going to show them I can. It's it's not about none of that. That's the pride of life because anytime we're trying to prove ourselves and, and it's outside of uh, trying to uh, please the Lord. Because remember, he said, whatever you do in word or deed, Colossians tells us to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So if I'm trying to prove myself to you and that's not what God said to do, then that's the pride of life. <laughs> we're boasting in ourselves. We're boosting our self-esteem. I don't teach self-esteem. Um, the reason I don't teach self-esteem is because God, the word of God says we must decrease so he can increase. Now, confidence, um, real true confidence. I'm talking about true confidence. I'm talking about the real confidence. Real confidence come when we have our faith in God's love. Why is this? Because perfect love casts out fear. It's not about me trying to have self-confidence. I don't want to have confidence in my ability. Uh, I want to have confidence. We want to have confidence in God's ability. Matter of fact, the word of God tells us and teaches us. He says, have no confidence in the arm of flesh. In other words, the Lord is saying, I don't want you having confidence in your ability. Okay. I want you to have confidence in my ability. What is it that you have that I did not give to you? We must decrease so God can increase. That's the theme of the story. It's not about us lifting ourselves up. It's about lifting Christ up. And when Christ is lifted up and, you know, and promotion comes from the Lord as we humble ourselves. He will in due season. He will promote us. That's where promotion comes from. 
That's, it's not about self-confidence or self-promotion or self-esteem. It's about God-esteem. It's about having confidence. Because I'm here to tell you that when you have confidence in God's love for you, the boldness of the Holy Spirit will rest upon you. You will be able to speak the unadulterated word of God, not just in exhortation, edification, and confirmation, but you will be able to speak the unadulterated word of God for correction and rebuke also. Because when you love people for real, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you love people for real, telling the truth is not hard because your heart desire is to see people saved, set free, delivered. You would, God wished that none should perish. It was because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, I'm trying to stick with this here, but I'm going to go with the Holy Ghost. Ghost. So the devil is able to steal the word when we don't understand it. That The devil is able to steal the word with, through the uh, tribulations and persecution when they arise because of the word. He says immediately he stumbles. Matthew 13. 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches, it chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. So there's another reason way that the devil steals the word. He steals the word by the cares and the worries and the fears of this world, right? That's one way. The cares, the crisis, the worries, the fears. This is why Jesus is saying, be anxious for nothing. Cast your cares upon me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Why? Because he knows that if the devil can get us to fear, if the devil can get us to worry by the cares and the crises that are in this world, it's going to keep us from being able to believe and have faith in his word. And that's why, that's how he's going to be able to steal it. He wants to take our focus. He don't want us to cast our cares upon the Lord. He wants us to carry our cares. He, he don't want us to fear not. He wants us to be worried and anxious when Jesus has already told us, be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer or supplication with thanksgiving. Just let your request be made known. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. There's a counterattack for every action. God, there, we have to give a reaction. Do you see the strategies of the devil? He's coming. It's all about the word. It's not because you're super, super, duper, duper spiritual. That's not what it's about. He's coming for the word. The more you study, the more tests you will have. But fear not because God is with you. Because when the devil comes with a word, you come to him with the word. I like to say that we're in a word war. I should have not named this that. A word war. If you'll notice when he was tempting Jesus, um for 40 days when he was in the wilderness being tempted he uh every time he would come every time he would come with the word Jesus would come with the word he would say well look here it it is written that's Matthew's 4 I'm sorry Matthew's 4 1 through 11 that talks about the temptation of Jesus Christ but every time the devil would come with a word Jesus would come back with the word it is written uh um how many of you know Um, that this is why we have to know the word because the word of God is our weapon of warfare. I want to show you this. I want to show you that that's again was Mark four about the um, temptation of Christ. Let's go into, let's go into where it talks about the word of God being our weapon of warfare. How many of you, how many of you know that, that the word of God, the word of God is the word of God the word of God is our weapon of warfare. It's not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? Hold on one second. But the word of God, it is our weapon of warfare. The word of God is the power of God under salvation. Ephesians 6 and 17, it talks about uh, putting on the full armor of God. Okay, so we can quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the shield of faith. Let's look up here. Let's look look right here. Uh, I'm going to read New King James Version. This is Ephesians 6, and we're going to start. Finally, my brothers, we're going to start at 10. Ephesians 6 and 10, New King James Version. It says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle. Uh Uh-oh, it's telling us right here. You got to catch this because I was going to go here. 
Ephesians 6 and 12, it tells us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood people, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, uh, the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weakness, wickedness in, in the heavenly places. Those are different types of demons, right? We're not wrestling against flesh and blood people. So you, you can quit fighting your spouse or fighting your kids or fighting the boss or whoever it is, your neighbor, whoever, your family member, whoever it is that you think that you're fighting. The fight is not against them. If they're acting evil, talking evil, speaking evil, it's the evil one, right? Um, uh, uh, for we wrestle not. We have to get this because the devil wants us to think that we're the problem. When in fact, we can go to prayer and we can use that word of God as our weapon of warfare and do what Jesus did. He dealt with the devil accordingly. He used the word of God to deal with the adversary. And that's the same way. Likewise, the devil is a spirit. He is the author of confusion, the Bible tells us, and he is a liar. And the Bible says he transformed himself into an angel of light. And this is where we get these false religions. Okay. Because it looked like God, but he's not God. He looks good, but he's not good. Because the truth of the matter is, it takes us away from Christ. And anything that takes us away from Christ is false. This is why he tells us in John to test the spirit to see if the spirit is of God. Any spirit that confessed that Jesus Christ is the son of God is the spirit of truth, John tells us, right? Okay, so we're going to, I'm trying to stick with us here. So he's telling us Ephesians 6, um... 10 through 13, this is where we, well, we're going to probably go a little further than that. Uh, but 12 was telling us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. Okay, we already did that. Let's go to 13, Ephesians 6 and 13. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Okay, now we're getting down to putting on the armor of God. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. And the reason we're having a hard time withstanding when the light, when the enemy comes against our house, when the crisis and the persecution arise because of the word, okay, is because we have to put on the whole armor of God, not just not just the helmet of salvation. A lot of us is running around, we just have our helmet on because we really do believe that we're saved, okay, but we have to have on the whole armor. When you look at the military and they go to war, they don't just have the, the helmet on, but they're, 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 they have the, uh, all other uh, different types of armor on. It's not they, the bulletproof vest. They have the gun, the weapon in their hand. I mean, they have uh, the belt on and have, um, what do you call those things? Grenades attached. I mean, they're fully armored. And, you know, they're ready for battle. They don't just go to war with a helmet on and say, okay, I'm ready. No. So, you know, it's not just enough to know that we're saved. You can be a believer uh, uh, and, and, be, and live a defeated life if you don't know how to fight the good fight. Okay, so yes, you're saved and you're going to heaven, but uh, the light is not shining and you're living a defeated life because we don't have on the armor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians, let's go back to this again. I lost my thing, my uh, thing here. Ephesians 6. We're going to be on Ephesians 13 when I can get back up and disappear for a minute. But um, we're going to be on Ephesians um Ephesians 6. Hold on one minute. Let me pull it back up here again. I don't know why that. Um, but uh, he's coming. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Ephesians 6. I mean, uh, our fight is not against flesh and blood, right? Ephesians 6 and 12 is telling us this. So quit taking it personal. Quit take, taking what other people say and do and making it about you. Um, and we have to understand the fight. When we understand the fight, we won't take on the offense because we'll understand it's not them, it's the enemy using them. And I'm not saying that, yes, they didn't have a part. Of course they did because the Bible says, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. I had to tell someone once, I said, the devil's using you. They said, no. I said, oh, yeah, he's, he's using you. Um, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. Um, if we yield our members to righteousness, then we're, we're serving the Lord. Of unrighteousness, we're serving the enemy. So who are you yielding your members to? 
Are you a vessel unto, as unto the Lord? Are you allowing the Lord to use you? Or are you allowing the enemy, the devil, to use you? We, we really do get to choose. Okay? Ephesians 6 and 12. Hold on, give me one minute. through 12 through 16 Ephesians 12 Ephesians 12 okay remember he, he was saying we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities powers so when whenever it gets to act in evil just take authority over it devil I rebuke you I bind you and I command you to lose your hold off of him right now in the name of Jesus I, I do that quite often. I was like, no, 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 no. You cannot operate here. I bind you. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Okay? And that's what that is. You cannot. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. We're not in a defenseless fight. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind, or one translation says, whatever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven and whatever you don't allow on earth won't be allowed in heaven so what are uh, we're, we're putting up with things unnecessarily be simply because we won't tell the devil to get up and go you cannot operate here you cannot have my children you cannot have my marriage god is for marriage um, my children are blessed because they're taught my children are taught by the Lord, and great is their peace. He already told me, you're too late, because Acts 16, 31 already told me that if I believe, not only shall I be saved, but my household. Corinthians already told me that my unbelieving spouse is sanctified because of the faith that I have. So you see, you're too late already. Tell the devil what the word says. This is why we have got to know the word of God, because it is our weapon of warfare. Okay, so... Um, we're going to pick back up. Uh, and he said to put on the full armor of God, not just the helmet. Helmet. Uh, Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I think this is the English. This is the King James Version. This, I'm sorry, the King James Version. Oh, no. This is the NLT Version. I'm sorry. I like the NLT. We're on the NLT Version. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be still standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. We have to stand in truth. <laughs> That's the only way God is going to fight for you. We cannot stand in compromise. We have to have the belt of truth. The, the truth, the belt, the belt holds everything together. It, it, without the truth, you can't believe that you're really saved. Without the belt of truth, you're not. Nothing else is going to work. It holds everything together. What's your foundation? Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Okay, so the truth we have, we have to um, uh, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness, the breastplate, the King James called it the breastplate of righteousness. Um, the breastplate is going to cover the heart. The breastplate is that piece when you, you know, you see that they, it covers all of this, your vital organs, everything, your heart, your lungs, everything. It covers your vital organs. But the purpose of that breastplate is to protect the heart. It's to guard your heart. Guard your heart for out of it flows everything you do. Or guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of your life, one translation says, right? So we want to guard our heart because that's it's with the heart that we believe, right? So if the devil can, if we don't have our breastplate of righteousness and we're not knowing who we are in Christ Jesus, if we don't know that we, he who became, who, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If we don't understand that we're in right standings with God because of what Christ did and not what we did, the enemy will be able to bring that condemnation in on us and make us feel as if we can't ask God for anything. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are Christ Jesus, we walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If we live a life according to the flesh, we're going to feel condemnation because that's the arena in which the devil operates. And he is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to remind you of what you did wrong so you can't realize and understand that it wasn't what I did or didn't do. It was what my father did. That's what made me, that's what caused me to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because he who knew no sin became sin 
so that I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we need to have that breastplate of righteousness because that's what's gonna how we're gonna be able to stand boldly and confident in the presence of the Lord and not be ashamed and not feel condemnation. So because He's coming, He He wants to break throw His fiery darts up at, at our at, at our heart. That's why we need that breastplate. So when He comes with that evil word, oh God's not gonna hear you. God don't love me. Oh yes. I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what He, my, uh, Jesus did for me. He became sin so that I could be made the righteousness of God. It's not about my righteousness. It was about his righteousness. And I stand here uh, in full confidence knowing that my father hears me because of what his son Jesus Christ did for me. I stand in Jesus Christ's righteousness and not my own righteousness, not self-righteousness. It's not because I pray 10 times a day that God hears me. Don't get me wrong, he does, but that's not the reason why. It's not because I'm such this good, nice, kind person. Because how many of you know that our righteousness outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ is like a filthy rag? And so I tell people who have not accepted Jesus Christ, but they say, well, I'm a really good person. I say, well, why be a good person and die and go to hell? Because you did not believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's going to send us there if we don't accept Jesus Christ. It's not that God don't love us and God is not the one sending people to hell. Not accepting and believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what causes us to be condemned. John uh, 10, t- John 3, 16, 17, it goes on in there. It talks about that, that we're condemned because they was already condemned because they did not believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So here we have to have on the belt plate, the belt of truth, because this is what's going to cause us to stand. We have to speak the truth. Um, it's the truth that sets us free from a lie. So when the devil comes with a lie, if we know what the word of God says, because God's word is truth, right? Jesus told his disciples, those who believed on him, if, if you uh, continue my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, John eight thirty two, right? And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does God truth set us free from? The truth will set you free from a lie. That's called deliverance. When you find out the truth, you're going to feel, if you're feeling heavy, right now we're talking about the truth. And when, if it, when, when you feel that lightness or something like something lift up off of you, that's called deliverance. That lie, that devil, that spirit that was trying to oppress you and depress you, it has to let you go when the word of God, when the truth comes, it expels darkness. The light, God's word is a light. We are called to be the light of the world. So when the truth comes, it brings light and it illuminates darkness. And that's what sets us free. You walk into a room that's dark, and when you turn on the light, all the it immediately, instantly expels the darkness. This is the power of the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I love the Word of God. It causes my saliva glands to run. And he tells us, he said, taste and see that the Word is good. But not just to know it, but to live it. Um, it has the power to change us. Be not come form, but be ye transformed, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to change our mindset to change where we're at. Okay, so uh, um, sanctification, it is a process. Tra- our transformation is a process. Okay, so spend time in the word of God daily. The same way we eat natural food, we have to eat spiritual food. Right. In order to grow spiritually, we have to eat the word of God spiritually, eat the whole world. So here we have um, we got the we have the our feet. Uh, um, OK, he said, put on the full armor. Uh, we have the breastplate of righteousness. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel because that's what we need to be talking about, because that's the only thing. How many of you know that the only thing the devil has to respond to is the word? That's our weapon. It says, above all else, taking verse 16, Ephesians 6 and 16, above all else, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay, so um, we have to put on the helmet of salvation also. Okay, Um But he said, above all else, he says, above all else, verse 16, John, uh, Ephesians 6 and 16. 
It says above all else. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the shield of faith, this is what he's coming to steal. He wants to steal the shield of faith. If he can steal the shield of faith, he cannot, I need to go to 17. He cannot, um, we cannot quench the fiery darts. The shield of faith, you know, that's one of the most important weapons in a war. Um, back in the day when they, they would have that shield, even you'll see when the police sometimes are in a riot, they'll have those shields. Those shields are to quench the bottles, the whatever it is that they throw at them. They'll have that shield in front of them. The shield of faith is going to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. Let me get the full version of this. The shield of faith. It's going to quench the uh, fiery darts of the enemy. Right? The shield of faith is going to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. So how do we use the shield of faith? The same way you see these police holding up their shield in a riot. <laughs> That's all we have to do. We have to hold up the word. When the devil comes with the word, we're in a word war. Okay, so when the devil comes with the word, we speak the word. Whatever he says, you say opposite, but it has to say what the word of God say. So you see why it's so important that we spend time in the word of God. He does not have to obey your word. He has to obey the word. He has to obey the the word of God because God created the angel. He was Lucifer in heaven before he got cast down. Right in Revelation 7 tells us that there was a war that broke out in heaven. Okay, so he has to obey everything that God say. And so when we say what God say as ambassadors in the earth, we're his representatives. Okay, so we speak on behalf of him by saying what God say. As he is, so are we. We say what God say. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I hear my father do. So we say what he say. Right? Ephesians 6. 17. This is talking about the helmet of salvation. Ephesians 6 and 17, King James says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Wow, there it is. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the Word of God is a sword. This is why I was trying to get us to Ephesians 6 and 17. He said, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Because the sword, that's the weapon. Everything else is protective gear. The helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. That's what we're supposed to be preaching. The only thing the devil has to obey in this spiritual warfare is the word of God. That's it. He has to, anything God created, he can command. This is why when we see Jesus dealing with the, casting out those demons all um, in his earthly ministry, he just spoke the word. He told them what to do, right? And as he is, so are we in this world. Our body is a temple, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's on the inside of us. And that's, that same power is going to be the power that's going to quicken our mortal bodies on the day of res- resurrection, right? So, um, And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This is what causes a person to no longer live, to cease living, right? There's spirit. It's the spirit that gives life. And so when the spirit leaves the body, the shell is left behind and it turns back into the very dirt that the word of God says God made man from, the dirt. But the spirit, which giveth life, it goes either up or down. Which way are you going? Okay, let's go to 18, Ephesians 6 and 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. Okay, so we want to have the helmet of salvation. We want to have the sword of the spirit. We want to have the breastplate of righteousness um, to quench the fiery darts. This is the armor of God, okay? Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. Belt of truth. Our feet need to be shod with the... We need to be talking about the gospel because that's the only thing he has to obey. And we need to have the the sword of the spirit. 
We need to have God's sword. So can you imagine just going in the military and just having all your your, uni- your uniform on, you know, your helmet, your your bulletproof vest, your boots and all this stuff, but you don't have a you don't have a weapon. He said put on the full armor cuz every part plays a part. Everything is protective gear except for the weapon. The weapon is our defense, the sword, the word of God. That's our sword. Every time we speak the word, we stick the devil. That's our sword of the spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're not fighting a natural war. We're fighting a spiritual war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Right, I'm gonna read New King James Version, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Um, that's 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Let's start at 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. How do we pull down those strongholds? Those thoughts, strongholds are thoughts that have been programmed in our mind based upon our belief systems, things that we have experienced, things that mama told us that wasn't true, old wise fables, a step on a crack, break your mama back, a black cat gonna give you 10 years bad, all of that kind of foolishness. Those old wise fables, stronghold mindsets is our belief system, things that we believe that's contrary to what God is saying. We really need to think about our thoughts. We need to check our thoughts and see, hey, this, hey, hold on, let me wait, wait a minute. That's not what the word of God says. That's contrary to what God said. It doesn't matter what mama, daddy, whoever, grandma, big mama, whoever, whatever they said, if it's not in line with what God is saying, then it's not God's hand. So here he said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God's pulling out of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This, how many of you know this? all this is taking place in the soul, in the mind? The mind is the battleground. Okay, so this is where he's coming. This is where the thoughts are coming. Those thoughts are contrary. He said you need to cast down those arguments, those voices in your head. That's the voice of the enemy and every hot thought thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Thoughts are things here. It says every high thing. Or one translation says every high thought. This 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 14. Please take time out. I don't know if I'm going to get to finish it. But take time out to read these Bible verses, okay? So what, what we're supposed to do when these thoughts come? For the weapon of our warfare, not carnal. It's not a natural fight. It's it's in here. The battle, the mind really is the battleground. This is where we have to pull down those stronghold mindsets, those thoughts that are contrary. We got to cast down those arguments, those uh, those voices that's contrary to what God is saying, and every high thought thing or thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We're going to tell us, no, this is what the word of God says, and this is what it is. Because the devil wants, he's still saying, did God really say, you know, that was an evil thought that she didn't cast down. She didn't bring that thought into captive and she didn't bring it into obedience of Christ. How do we bring it into obedience of Christ? By saying, no, this is when, when the devil came to Eve to say, did God really say she should have said, yes, it is written for a man shall eat from that tree. He will surely die. That was what should have been her response. But she did not cast down those evil thoughts. And when we don't cast down those evil thoughts, we're going to say it, we're going to do it, and we're going to act on it. This is the warfare. Fighting the good fight of faith. This is the fight. What is it that the devil wants you to do? What is it? This is what he wants. He don't want you to cast down those a mindset strongholds. He he wants you to keep thinking that if there was no luck, that bad luck, there wouldn't be any luck. He he wants you to keep thinking when it rains, it's going to pour. He wants you to keep saying stuff like "I love you to death." He wants you to not pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth because he knows you either uh, you're killing your promises, you're killing your harvest because life and death is in the power of our tongue. And those, we will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, we're gonna we're eating our words. So when stuff happens, we say, "See, I told you." Yeah, I guess because you released it in faith, right? You released that evil speaking. You released those curse words in faith. And now it, it happened, and you say, "See, I told you." Yes, because you added your faith to it. 
We have to pray for each other. Bring those evil thoughts, those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. We need to bring those thoughts into a captive into obedience and say, no, this is what the word of God says. It says, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I'm not going to be confessing my this, my anxiety, my high cholesterol, my, 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 my. No, that's contrary to what the word of God says. It says that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. And that's what it says. And that's what it is. Verse six says, and being ready to punish all disobedience with your obedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So you can, you can catch it. You can catch it. It says, do you look, do you look at, th- at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is in Christ, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. So even if we boast about something, okay, that's going a little bit further, but as he is, here he is telling us, in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, he says, as he is, you can't boast about yourself, because as he is, so are we. We are speaking spirits, and God formed the word with his words, likewise. We're framing our world with our words. Go back and listen to my last podcast, Word Curses. Make sure you're not cursing yourself or others by the words that you speak. I'm almost out of time here. Um, so what is this strategy? The devil is coming to steal the word. It has nothing to do with you being super, super, duper, duper spiritual. That You know, uh, it's not about our self-righteousness. It's about God's righteousness, okay? He's coming for the word. Because without the word, we do not pose a threat to the devil, okay? Because without the word, we do not have a weapon in our hand. And we have to cast down those evil thoughts. What, what, what are some of the things that he tells us to think on? He even tells us what to think on. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things, Philippians 4 and 8, God even tells us what to think on. He told us to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts, right? That exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And he said, now he's telling us what to think on. Philippians 4, 8, King James Version. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, he says, think on these things. He's telling us here, this is the mind of Christ. This is how God thinks. He thinks about things that are true. He thinks about things that are honest. He thinks about things that are just. He's a just God. He thinks about things that are pure. He thinks about things that are lovely. He thinks about things that are a good report, not an evil report. Who report will you believe? When we're believing evil reports, we need to cast down those evil imaginations and not say what they say, but we need to confess and say what God say. This is how we're bringing those evil imaginations. We need to bring um, everything captive. We need to think about our thoughts. Is it good? Is it lovely? Is it pure? Is it a good report or is it an evil report? We need to bring those things into captive, into the obedience of Christ. And we need to say what God say and not what the devil wants us to say. Hey, I'm getting ready to end here. So he's coming to steal the word. He steals the word when we don't understand the word, right? He steals the word through uh, when persecution and, tr- and uh, tribulations come, and it says that it arise according to the parable of the sword. How what what caused it to come? When the persecution, when tribulations and persecution arises, why? Because of the word. That's how he steals it. Um, when the condition of our heart is not good ground, he's able to steal. But the good ground heart, that's the last heart. This is the heart that surrendered to Christ. This is the heart that's saying, Lord, I'm not here to resist you. I want to do what you say. This is the heart that's a doer of the word of God. This is a heart that's yielded to the word of God. This is a heart that's submitted to God. This is what we call good soil. This heart is not in doubt. This heart is not in unbelief. This heart saying, this is a surrendered heart that says, Lord, I want what you want. What's the condition of your heart? There's no condemnation because we already know that today is another good day. And today we get to do what God said. We get to repent of what we didn't do. And we get to say yes to what his word is telling us to do. So, Father God, we just come together before you again this day, today, walking in agreement with what you say. We believe the report of the Lord 
Lord, we believe you. We believe this word and we will think about our thoughts. Help us to be slow, quick to hear and slow to speak, Father, so we can think before we speak. Help us to guard our heart by not allowing perverse speech to come from our mouths, by watching the places we go, by watching the things that we look at. Help us um, not going to those places, not allowing our feet to lead us into evil places. Father God, um, we just give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. And and guess what? If someone's on here listening today and they don't, maybe you say, I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Um, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tell, teaches us, for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved also. But Romans 10, 9 and 10 I like to use this one. I'm almost out of time. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Okay, so say that prayer in Jesus name.